This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Many people in today's world believe the essence of all religions is the same since all spiritual paths lead to heaven. But the Bible tells us Christianity is unique from all other faiths. Let's explore this further in our message, A Birth Like No Other. We are continuing with our sermon series, Like No Other. Today, we see that the birth of Jesus is like no other. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty God and Father, we thank you for the grace that you have poured into this world. You are worthy of the world's worship and praise, and all blessing and honor and glory be to you, our Creator, our Redeemer, and Sanctifier. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. friends, quite a few years ago, I was getting ready to uh, go in and lead a late night Christmas Eve service. And a young lady who I saw was back from college waved at me and approached me with a young man in tow. After she introduced us, he told me how excited he was to be there and that he was a Muslim. He said, you know, pastor, we're brothers. 
We really do believe the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. It stunned me for just a moment, but then I responded, It's so good to have you here tonight, but we are not brothers. But I have some great news to share with you during worship tonight. Have you noticed in our world today, sometimes in the name of open-mindedness and not wanting to be offensive or just a sheer lack of information, people will try to lump all the religions into one, stating that they're all pretty much the same, love God, love neighbor, why can't we get along? The thing is, nothing could be further from the truth. An honest, close examination of them shows that they're not even close to each other. And one of the major sticking points is Jesus Christ. What is it that makes this Jesus so unique, like no other? That's what we're talking about these days. In our first message of this series, we talked about how Jesus was promised like no other by the prophets. Today we see that he is, has a birth that is like no other. That's the main idea we learn in Mary's encounter with the angel Gabriel in today's passage. Just listen to what that angel said to Mary. You're going to conceive in your womb a baby boy, and he will be great. In what ways will he be great? Well, first of all, you're going to name him Jesus, meaning God will save. In other words, this child has a mission, and he seems to be connected to God. Secondly, you will call him the Son of the Most High. That's how people will know. Most High, you see, is a term used for God in the Old Testament. He's going to be the Son of God, Gabriel says. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, Israel, forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. We're taken back to the promise that God made to David that from his descendants, his lineage, there would always be kings for Israel to take care of them. But now we hear of a great king that's greater than any earthly king that is coming on the scene. He's a forever eternal king, a king who has come to take over, to challenge the kingdoms of this world. He's the king above all kings, that all are to kneel before him and pay him allegiance. He will be called also, Gabriel says, the Son of God. And we read that this birth is going to be unusual, a miracle. I mean, born of a virgin, as we say in our Apostles' Creed. It's hard to take that one in, isn't it? I mean, we know how babies are made. Uh, so did Dr. Luke, who recorded this for us. So did Matthew, who recorded as well about the virgin birth. They knew fully well how babies are made, and Mary certainly knew how babies were made. And she asked this Gabriel how this was going to happen. And listen to his answer. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, Mary. In the Old Testament, when people were called upon by God to do great things that were way beyond their capabilities, that were things that only God could do, it says that God would fill them with his spirit, the prophets, the judges, even some of the kings. You're going to be spirit-powered, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. We kind of get a picture of the creation story, the spirit of the Lord over the waters, overshadowing 
God is going to create something wonderful within you by his power, not by nature's. C.S. Lewis uh, says this wonderful statement about the virgin birth. He said, Jesus was conceived when God took off the glove of nature and touched Mary with his naked finger. Thus, God did not evolve up and out of history. As someone has said, Jesus is infinite and infant. Gabriel says, therefore, this child to be born will be holy, which means he's set apart for a purpose from all others. He is like no other. And Gabriel finishes off saying, he will be called the son of God. Amazing. I love this statement by Peter Larson. He says, despite our efforts to keep him out, God keeps intruding. The life of Jesus is bracketed by two impossibilities, a virgin's womb and an empty tomb. Jesus entered our world through a door marked no entrance and left through a door marked no exit. And then Gabriel, as if he's tying this all up in his presentation, says, And look at your cousin Elizabeth, Mary. She was unable to give birth, and now she's six months pregnant. You want to know why? Because nothing is impossible for God. I love that statement. Nothing is impossible for God. I mean, think of the implications then of this announcement, this story. It says that Jesus Christ is like no other in that he is a unique event in history. Muhammad and all of the other founders of other religions were born and then pointed the way to God. But Jesus points to himself. I am the way, he says. He is God. He's not the product of purely natural forces as we are. He's actually the intervention of God, our creator in history. And here's how we have learned to think and talk about him in the Christian faith. It's important, first of all, to understand that he is fully God and fully man. He's not part man and part God. No, he's true God, true man. First of all, he's true man. Let's look at that. He's a human being, born of the Virgin Mary, just as our Apostles' Creed says. That means that he is like us in every way, except he didn't sin. He shared in the wholeness of life, its joys, its limitations, its pain, its frustrations, its frights, its tiredness, its growing up, its desires and instincts, and its life with God. He was born into this world as a baby. He grew up in a home with all the trials of family life. He learned life through experience. He suffered and died just as we suffer and die. The writer of Hebrews says, We have this great high priest in Jesus who sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. He knows. I find comfort in that. He understands what you and I go through as human beings. But even more than that, one time was explained to me by a seminary professor of mine. He said, Jesus is so much man that in a sense he is the only true man that has ever lived. The rest of us have fallen from humanity. But he exhibits the fullness of what God had in mind for humans as he lived out perfect obedience in a fallen world. And he's true God. He's God in the flesh. I and the Father are one, Jesus said to his disciples. John says in his gospel, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. He's talking about Jesus. 
Jesus is not just like God or imbued with the Spirit of God or someone behaving as a God. He is God, true God. He shares in the very being and reality of God. In him we have God robed with humanity, God in the flesh. Jesus reveals to us this truthful picture about God that we didn't have. The invisible God has now become visible to us in Jesus. To look into the eyes of Jesus is to look into the eyes of God. To look into the heart of Jesus is to know the heart of God. And now we can know God, no more guessing, and experience him to the full because of Jesus. And being true God then makes Jesus that perfect, sinless sacrifice for our sins. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. Sin had to be paid for. Our sin. We were separated from God and hopeless and helpless until Jesus came along. Now look at that name again, Jesus, which means he will save his people from their sins, as we read in Matthew. He's the new Adam, the Apostle Paul says, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, perfect obedience of Jesus, many will be made righteous before God. He's the sinless sacrifice as our true God, true man. By the way, this Jesus was born not only to save us from our sins, but also to reign over us as our king, to take over our lives, to rule over us, that we might follow him and live life according to his ways, his kingdom. You put all this together, the wonderful conception of a baby from a virgin and the power of God and the titles and the challenge of this king to all human empires, and you can understand why this story is so challenging and explosive. It's an amazing story, isn't it? The question is, so now what do we do with it? Luke put it in here for some reason. You see, this announcement pushes the uniqueness and the exclusivity of Jesus right into our faces. It says, this is the good news. God has stepped into our world to save us in Jesus. He's the one above all others. Now respond. Are you going to reject him? Or will you receive him as your savior, your savior and your king? What do you do with this, Jesus, with this story that we've talked about today? He's looking for a response from us. As you're trying to figure out a response, I would suggest using Mary as our model today. She's just like us, after all. She's not met the earthly person of Jesus, and neither have we. And she's just as... Uh, uh, wondering about this as we would, and she receives a message about him. It's the gospel message telling who Jesus is and what he will do. And look at how she responds. It's, it's a wonderful way. First of all, she thinks. She uses her powers of reason. The word there, she pondered, means is in the Greek deal, logistico, which means to use one's logic, 
reason intensely. She thinks about it. She's using all her reasoning powers to figure out how this could be true. She ponders the evidence, weighs the claims being made. You can do the same thing. God has given you a a good mind to think this through. She expressed her doubts openly. She said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. She is leaving herself open for more answers. There's some doubt there. There's different kinds of doubting. There's a dishonest doubt. When you say something, somebody you're trying to tell them something, they say, that's stupid, and they just walk away. They're being intellectually dishonest. But then there's honest doubt, really wanting to know, asking questions, seeking more information humbly. It can actually grow you in your faith and make you stronger. I have people come in once in a while and say, I'm having doubts. I said, that's okay. That's okay. As long as you pursue the answers to your doubts, God is more than able and willing to to show you the answers. You'll come out all the stronger. And finally, Mary surrendered in trust and in obedience. She said, here am I, a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's pretty trusting. That's very courageous. This response of Mary's, her her society wasn't going to take this well, this pregnancy. Her reputation could be trashed. There could be many hardships ahead. So many unknowns. She didn't have the whole roadmap out there for her. And yet she trusted. And not only did she surrender in trust, she surrendered in obedience. She said, may it be to me as you've said. I'm, in other words, I'm God's instrument. Use me according to your will, Lord. She thought. She expressed her doubts. She surrendered in trust, in obedience. That's what this story is asking of people like you and me that we would do the same thing. Think this news through. Use your head. Ask your questions. Information will be given and found. God will answer. And then when that's taken care of, then surrender to him in trust and in obedience. He who was born in this world wants to be born in you. He wants to give you a new birth with new life, a life that's run by his wisdom and his ways, a confident life that knows that I am his forever. I can trust him with my future. It's a life that not only says I trust him, but I'm going to obey him in everything. Jesus, if you say that I need to forgive as you've forgiven me, then I will be a forgiver and let go of my grudges. Jesus, if you say I need to be a person of integrity, a a shining light in the darkness, no lying and cheating, then when I'm at work, that's lying and cheating is out of bounds. Or Jesus says, I want to use you to touch somebody else's life. I will go. Recently, uh, we looked at a Super Bowl, didn't we? And the MVP of that game was Nick Foles the quarterback for the Eagles. Amazing little story came out about him the weekend uh, of the Super Bowl that when football is over, you know what he's done already? 
he has signed up for classes at seminary. He said that God has put this on his heart to be a pastor to high school kids. He sensed the nudge from God, and he is obeying that. That's what God is looking for from each and every one of us, that we would trust and obey as followers and be followers of Jesus Christ. You will be blessed. You will be glad. If you will think this through, ask your questions and surrender. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a beautiful thing it is to have a Savior and Lord who not only understands us in our weaknesses, but is the perfect sinless sacrifice to cover our sinfulness. Thank you for the precious gift of Jesus Christ, true God and true man, like no other. May the power of your Holy Spirit move each of us today towards deeper trust and total surrender to your will for us. Amen. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to ponder your questions of God, consider the evidence, and then courageously surrender yourself in trust and obedience to the Lord. Christian Crusaders has been blessed throughout our 82-year history with generous and faithful listeners who have supported this ministry with their prayers and financial gifts. If you are able, please consider making a contribution to this ministry so we can continue to grow and serve our listeners with the good news of Jesus Christ across the globe, on the Internet, and on 27 radio stations. 
Memorial gifts, for instance, allow you to honor the memory of someone special to you while supporting Christian Crusaders' mission. Memorial gifts can be directed to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to proclaiming the unadulterated word of Jesus Christ to our world. If you know someone who might enjoy Christian Crusaders, please tell them about this program. They can find out more about this ministry as well as listen anytime from anywhere in the world on www.christiancrusaders.org. Or feel free to contact us by mail or by phone. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day and pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting today's service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders since 2005. Christian Crusaders is now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.